You're listening to Bible Prophecy Daily, a weekday podcast where Bible prophecy matters and matters greatly. Hello, I'm Charles Cooper, and welcome back to our ongoing discussion of eschatological geography, the world map at the return of Jesus Christ. The last time we talked about Assyria, and we're going to continue that discussion. As many of you are probably aware, when it comes to the end times, nothing gives more disturbance to those who expect it than those who see or understand the significance of eschatological um, events in the heavens or the cataclysmic disturbances that the Bible predicts will be associated with the Lord's return are typically seen in terms of whatever happens as having some very important significance. Luke chapter 21 beginning at verse 25 through 28 says, And there will be signs in, he- in sun and moon and stars, and on the earth distress of nations in perplexity because of the roaring of the sea and the waves, people fainting with fear and with foreboding of what is coming on the world. For the powers of the heavens will be shaken, and then they will see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. Now, when these things begin to take place, straighten up and raise your heads, because your redemption draws near. Most are aware of these uh, prophecies by our Lord. And because they involve the sun and moon and stars uh, or a potential cataclysmic disturbance in the heavens, any event that can be associated with our Lord's return in terms of something happening in the skies will automatically be leaped upon by the novices who tend to see our Lord's return in anything that is out of the normal happening in the heavens. We've seen it time and time again. So much so that there are some who simply believe that uh, these people are simply your ongoing sky is falling people. Every time there is an unusual event concerning an eclipse Uh, or concerning uh, blood moons, or concerning um, stars uh, shooting or falling, or whatever you'd have to have you would describe it in the heavens, these things are automatically latched upon as key indicators of the imminent return of Jesus Christ. I would say to you that you should not fall victim to these kinds of schemes. What is described in Luke chapter 21, verse 25 through 28, is a package deal. They do not involve a piecemeal, every once in a while, disturbance in the heavens as a signal of our Lord's return. 
when these events occur, they're going to occur in such close proximity that no one is going to be mistaken or need to speculate about the significance of these events. That we will talk about at a later date. But for now, I would like for you to understand that a far greater indicator of the possibility of an entrance into the final uh, years of this earth as we know it prior to the sitting up of the thousand-year kingdom of Christ, a far better sign or indicator of that possibility is really eschatological geography. The world map will have to look a certain way. There are certain things that absolutely must be in place if we are going to move into the period of human history that the Bible predicts will signal the imminent return of Jesus Christ. The world map as it exists today does not have certain defining traits that I believe are essential to signal the possibility of our Lord's return soon. Isaiah predicts the eschatological importance of the Assyrian people, and I believe this is a far better indicator of the possibility of where we are in terms of our Lord's return. If you will remember, last time we looked at Isaiah chapter 19, beginning at verse 23 through verse 25. In that day, there will be a highway from Egypt to Assyria. And Assyria will come into Egypt and Egypt into Assyria. And the Egyptians will worship with the Assyrians. In that day, Israel will be the third with Egypt and Assyria, a blessing in the midst of the earth, whom the Lord of hosts has blessed, saying, Blessed be Egypt, my people, and Assyria, the work of my hands, and Israel, my inheritance. These three are seen by God as having a unique and special place in the eschatological future. Now, of course, it's not difficult for you to go to a world map and see a country called Egypt. It's there, always has been, and I believe will continue to be there. You can also now go to a world map, depending on your, the political perspective of the map maker. You will see that there is a country called Israel in the historical place where you would expect the Israelites to be. That map, however, is less than... 100 years old. In fact, 1947, before that, that would have not, you would not have seen a clearly defined, distinguishable land of Israel. But in 1947, it happened that Israel came to once again hold the land that bears the name Israel, and with it, the possibility that human history could begin a march toward the ultimate fulfillment of Scripture 
as indicated in Daniel chapter 9, Matthew 24, and of course, 2 Thessalonians 2 and 4, as well as, of course, the whole of the revelation about Jesus Christ. But there is a nation that you will not find on a world map. In fact, if you don't have any knowledge of ancient history, you won't even know that there are a people called the Assyrians. Most Christians know nothing of the modern Assyrian land or the Assyrian people. And yet God has indicated in his word that these peoples and their land will play a vital role during the millennial reign or the thousand-year reign of Jesus Christ on this earth. Now, obviously, the question that we must ask is, must the Assyrian people be back in a land called Assyria prior to beginning of the eschatological kingdom that will be ruled by Jesus Christ? I believe they must. I believe that scripture is fulfilled literally. Now, it is possible that the Assyrian people may uh, return to their land after the great persecution of Antichrist has ended and as Jesus Christ is setting up what will be his kingdom on this earth for a thousand years. But I believe that it will happen before then because of the conversion that will occur in connection with things that will be happening during the final seven years of human history as we know it. Today I want to focus on the fact that the that many Christians watch the events of the recent wars in Iraq and Syria without any knowledge that the Assyrian homeland and the people, the Assyrians, were at the center of that conflict. In fact, few know that the Islamic State, or it, as it was called, the Islamic State of Iraq and Syria, ISIS, or the name they would prefer, the Islamic State of Iraq and Levant, ISIL, who consisted mostly Sunni uh, Islam, um, who were primarily uh, the leftages of Al-Qaeda in Iraq, who set about to set up a state. And that state that they set up, the Islamic State of Iraq and Levant, ISIL, occupied a footprint that has historical significance. The Islamic State of Iraq and Levant claimed as their new state southeastern Turkey, northeastern Syria, and northern Iraq. If you look at an ancient map of Assyria, you will see that the exact footprint of ancient Assyria 
was in fact the land that ISIL was claiming to be the home of their new Islamic state. Now, why is that? Is it just coincidence? Is it just one of those rare things of human history? Or were there in fact very significant supernatural or spiritual forces behind what happened and the significance thereof. Many, many uh, of us in the West don't know that uh, the people of the land that was taken by uh, ISIL, in fact, was home to tens of thousands of Christians who are Assyrian in their ancient birth tree. Most Christians saw no significance in the fact that ISIL chose as their capital Mosul. Now, if you paid attention to the war and the fighting uh, that was going on, you know that Mosul was the capital city of the Islamic State of ISIL. Enclosed this, this, the modern city of Mosul actually encloses the ruins of the ancient Assyrian city of Nineveh. Nineveh, as you will remember, was the city that God sent uh, the prophet Jonah to, to preach and to call the people to repentance. Um, Nineveh was one of the largest cities the world has known in ancient time and was extremely significant, very important to God, so much so that one of only two prophets outside of Israel and Judah had the privilege of ministering to the Assyrian people. Most Christians do not know that Assyrians were among the first people to adopt Christianity or that they speak a language that is extremely close to the biblical language that Jesus no doubt spoke or, and certainly knew. It is extremely interesting to me that for 2,000 years there has been a Christian presence uh, of Assyrian people in their ancient land, though they have not had the right to list it on the world map as Assyria. Tens of thousands of Assyrians were murdered or driven out of their traditional homeland by ISIL. Many of their churches were destroyed and much evidence of their Christian faith was destroyed by ISIL. Now, of course, their hatred of Christians uh, derived uh, some from, uh, from America and some from the refusal of uh, the Christians to adopt uh, Islam as their religion. But it is interesting to me that the Christ Assyrian Christians, many speak uh, Aramaic or a close derivative and are consistently and continually ongoingly committed to Jesus Christ and their faith. Most Christians see no spiritual significance to the events that occurred in Iraq uh, and northeast Syria and southeast Turkey 
as these wars raged and as thousands were either killed or forced to uh, leave their homeland and become refugees somewhere else. Many of them are refugees in Syria, some are refugees in Jordan, uh, and some are refugees in other places. There are, in fact, Assyrian Christians here in the United States. When I was in teaching uh, at the Moody Bible Institute in Chicago, I had some friends who were Assyrian Christians. They were a wonderful people. They were magnificent, very hospitable, uh, tremendously um, upbeat and encouraged. Most people didn't know that they were Assyrians or the significance of their history. And as soon, of course, as I learned that they were Assyrians, I became very interested in them and how they got to America and how many generations had been here and whether they had been Christians, always Christians, and of what faith, that is, whether they were Protestant or Catholic, etc., etc., etc. I was wonderfully impressed with these uh, people, and learned to love and appreciate them, and I believe and I know for a fact that God has a future for these people, and it will be a significant one. God's eschatological promise concerning Assyria has not escaped the notice of the devil. And in fact, I believe that satanic opposition to God's eternal plan was in fact at the feet of those who were trying to set up an Islamic state in the very territory that God promises will be the northeast end of the holy highway that will run from Egypt to Assyria. And that the three nations, Egypt, Israel and Assyria, God's three sons, God's three special children, God's three special projects that he has promised will be involved in the running of the kingdom of his son during the thousand year rule on this earth, I believe was directly tied to the decision of even though the Islamic states may not have known it or appreciated or understood Satan's uh, scheme in sponsoring and inspiring their actions was in fact, I believe, directly tied to his attempt to prevent the ultimate outcome of what God has predicted in his word. If I were you and I wanted to have a barometer by which to measure whether or not we had entered into a significant final period of human history, I would be watching the Assyrian people. There is a movement among some Assyrians to reestablish their traditional homeland and to rename the region that was once ancient Assyria. There are people who have that as a a commitment and they are calling for it. It has been not been well received by the United States, nor has it been as much appreciated as it probably should have been by our State Department. But God has his own way of doing things. And when it's time and when he's ready, he will begin to move to bring about a regathering of the Assyrian people, just as he did with Israel and the Jews. They will be there 
in their place, ready to assume their history as God has predicted in his word. God word God's word never fails. You can be assured of that. And just as Isaiah has promised us, God whom hey whom he has promised, the Lord has promised that he will bless the Egyptian people and he will bless the Assyrian people and of course he will bless Israel. Just as sure as Israel is in her land for the eschatological end, so will the Assyrian people be as well. Watch your maps. It's coming, and it's coming soon. Thanks for listening to Bible Prophecy Daily. We hope you learned something valuable today. Be sure to subscribe wherever you heard this podcast so you never miss an episode. 